So what specifically does a no movement clause or no trade clause guarantee? Also, big contract decisions looming for the Minnesota Wild in the offseason. We'll talk a little contracts and salary on today's episode of Locked on Wild. Plus, we'll get you ready for the Bolts game tonight. Top power play in the NHL. It might be best to stay out of the box. All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Wild. We are your team every day. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked on Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes and so that you can join the fastest growing comment section in the network on today's episode of locked on wild we will set the record straight as to the difference between the no movement clauses and no trade clauses to see who actually could be moved on the minnesota wild payroll we'll also take a look at some big decisions for a couple of key wild components and we'll get you ready for today's game against the tampa bay lightning and i cannot literally cannot stress this enough the number one power play in the NHL. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, credentialed member of the Minnesota Wild Media Group, and the People's Host of the People's Podcast. So let's talk about all of these trade protections. I know there has been confusion on my part as to what exactly these no trade and no movement clauses, what exactly they entail for various members of this Minnesota Wild team. And that has led to comments by myself in which it just kind of looks like there really isn't an option to do much of anything with the uh, the players that have been locked in for this uh, current core. And so we're just going to get right to the bottom of it once and for all, as to what is on the table, what options exist for these deals. And so we'll let the Sporting News help us out in an article that was posted. uh, Actually, this was uh, a couple of years now, but it does a nice job succinctly discussing each of these different clauses. So we'll start with a no trade clause. A no-trade clause is a provision in a contract that states a team cannot trade a player without said player first giving his consent. A player can submit to management a list of teams he would accept a trade to or a list of teams he would not accept a trade to. That is known as a modified no-trade clause. It is not technically part of the contract, but rather an agreement between the player and the team's front office. Someone who has just a no-trade clause can be placed on waivers, be sent down to the AHL, or have his contract bought out. So no-trade is you need permission from the player to move them, unless it specifically states modified no-trade. No-trade means that you need permission for the trade side of things. A no-movement clause 
is similar to a no-trade clause in that a player must grant permission for a trade, but the same conditions apply to waiving the player or sending him to the AHL. Essentially, the player must approve any action that would take him off of the team's NHL roster. Some players will have a modified no-trade clause and a no-movement clause in their contracts, meaning that there are some teams the player can be traded to without his consent. Now, who is eligible for these types of provisions in contracts? A player is eligible to have one of the clauses included in his contract if he has played in seven seasons or is over the age of 27, whichever is the first to occur. If a player is not eligible for these conditions at the time he signs his contract, these clauses may be built into the deal in those seasons that the player would be eligible. Let's head over to cap friendly and just break it down. So again, the key component here, a no trade clause, you need approval from the player to trade them. A no movement clause, you need approval to do anything. Here's what we're looking at for the Wild. Uh, we'll start with Matt Zuccarello, who has a modified no-trade clause and a no-move clause. Beginning in 2022-2023, Zuccarello submits a 10-team no-trade list. So Zuccarello has 10 teams that he cannot be traded to as part of that no-trade clause. So if the Wilds pick any of the others, they could technically move him without needing his permission to do so. Uh, also, we have Marcus Felino, who has a no-move clause, which was added to this year as part of the contract extension that he signed on September 29th. So Felino has the no-move clause protection this year and also through the duration of his contract. So with, with Felino... You need permission from him to do anything. But if you get that approval from him, there are options on the table. Freddie Goudreau has a modified no-trade clause. He has a 15-team no-trade list. So there are options there as for uh, places that he could be sent without technically getting his approval. Marcus Johansson has a no-trade clause. In his deal, Ryan Hartman has a no move clause that was also added into this current season, in addition to the duration of his new extension that uh, kicks in next season. So, again, you just need approval there. And for Johansson, you need approval to do anything with him. Pat Maroon has a modified no trade clause, a 16 team trade list. So, Maroon's is a list in which these are teams that he would be amenable to going to. Jonas Brodeen has a no-move clause on his contract. Alex Goligoski has a no-move clause on his contract as a 35-plus-year-old player. Zach Bogosian has a 21-team no-trade list for his current contract the rest of this season. Marc-Andre Fleury has a no-move clause. Jared Spurgeon, we're going to talk a little bit more about this one coming up. Jared Spurgeon has a no-move clause starting July 1st, 
2024, uh, he will submit a 10-team no-trade list. So Spurgeon's protection actually dropping, um, and I believe the stipulation with Kirill Kaprizov is that this summer, so I would imagine sometime around July, his no-move clause kicks in. And yes, that's exactly the case. Before the 2024-2025 season, and then 2025-2026, the final year of his deal, he has no-move clauses in both of those seasons. So, no trade. You need to get approval from the player to trade them, but the other options are on the table. If you would decide that you were going to waive somebody, you can do that without having to give them a heads up. The no movement clauses, you got you have to have a sit down with the player and and talk through what's going to happen. So there the option exists to do something, but the point that we would need to get to for that to happen would be for Bill Guerin to whether it be the rest of this season just being completely off the rails or next season the same thing, in order for the likelihood of any of these guys to be moved, that's a decision that Bill Guerin is going to have to either come to himself or Craig Leopold's maybe tiring of seeing the on-ice product not satisfactory enough. He would maybe get to the point then where he says, hey, we got to do something. So options exist, but in order for those options to be explored, that's going to have to be a uh, further point that we get to. Now, we have talked extensively about what to do with the $14.7 million once that comes available. Well, it turns out that money might already be spent. And uh, we'll talk about that as well as an intriguing what-if scenario to discuss with uh, the futures of Kirill Kaprizov and also Jared Spurgeon. We'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for some of those real-life events? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's a scary proposition because I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than a family member getting sick while supply chain issues keep them from life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. These can pop up at any time without a moment's notice. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter, which will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, that's jacemedical.com, offer code LOCKEDON for $20 off. 
That is jacemedical.com. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And we have you covered for tonight's game as well as tomorrow's game against the Florida Panthers with Locked on Wild postcasts. So make sure to join us after the action tonight and uh, we'll talk things out and we'll uh, get ourselves geared up for tomorrow's game against the Florida Panthers. But before we preview tonight's matchup against the Lightning, again, number one power play in the NHL. So you're probably going to want to stay out of the box. The... 14.7 million, kind of a buzz phrase amongst Minnesota Wild fans here over the last few seasons. It's tantalizing because you look at this current group and you think, boy, what can we do with $14.7 million to spend and to try to upgrade this team? Well, that decision may already have been made Uh, again looking at cap friendly for the uh, next couple of seasons the Parisi and Suter cap hits will move to 833,000 apiece for the 2025-2026 season here are some things that are going to have to happen between now and then you got a couple of different young players that are going to need some new contracts. You've got Marco Rossi, who will be a restricted free agent before the start of that season. You also have Brock Faber, who will be a restricted free agent before 2025-2026. Oh, and Kirill Kaprizov will be in the final year of his deal. Now, Bill Guerin's been pretty point blank about the fact, and, and Michael Russo has reported this as well, that the Minnesota Wild are going to let Kirill Kaprizov set his price. We just saw William Nylander get an extension earlier this season, which was, if I recall correctly, it was slightly north of $11 million a season. And so I think it was $92 total million for that deal. And if you look at what... Nylander has done throughout the course of his career. He is widely regarded as, I think, a a super underrated player for the Maple Leafs, who kind of gets lost in the shuffle with everything that Austin Matthews has done uh, throughout the course of his career. But Nylander had 40 goals last year. He's got 21 so far this season, 34 in 2021-2022. He also had 30 goals in 2019-2020. So stats-wise, he is right around an 80-point, 80-to-90-point player on a very good Toronto Maple Leafs team. But there are definitely other pieces to that Toronto mix, and he just got north of 11 for his current contract, or his new contract. What is that? It's 11 and a half. I was just waiting for Cap Friendly to catch up um, before I continued. $11.5 million per season from 2024-2025 to 2031-2032. Eight years, $92 million for Nylander. And honestly, that feels like a pretty good starting point for Kirill Kaprizov, but 
I got to feel like it's probably going to be north of that. And so 12, 13, somewhere around 12. I'll just say somewhere around 12 for Kaprizov. But you're you're taking him from 9 million a season to 12. Brock Faber is in line for a, a mega deal. Marco Rossi is going to get another contract too. And so then I look at this decor and what do I see? You've got Jonas Brodeen locked in at $6 million per until the t- end of the 2027-2028 season. I don't think anybody's debating Jonas Brodeen's value at this point. The only thing that has been a little bit concerning with him is that it seems like as he gets older, he spends fewer and fewer games on the ice. This year has been hurt. Um, Now, obviously, that was getting pancaked into the wall by Vander Kane. So that's that's one that is not as troublesome for a reoccurring injury. That's just one of those kind of freak things that happens. But still, you would rather players that are making six million or more in a season be on the ice for a majority of the time. But I think we've seen from Brodeen this season that his absence has been the one that has been harder to replace compared to the other large contract on defense. Jared Spurgeon making $7.57 million until the end of the 2026-2027 season. And for Spurgeon, he also has missed large chunks of games over the last few seasons. Now, last year he played in 79 games, but the beyond that, he has not played in, he's played in 82 games once. And I know there are shortened seasons in there as well, but again, Spurgeon is a key piece for this team. He's a great player. I'm not refuting that. But it seems like of the two, the one that has been easier to at least manage is Spurgeon's injury, his loss on the ice. Because you have the guy that seems like the natural successor to everything that Spurgeon does in Brock Faber. Running the power play, being a captain. It seems like Faber is ready to do all of those things. The defense is already there. The offense continues to improve. And so I think it's worth mentioning because of the fact that this offseason is the first time that you've got an opportunity to start to look at what to do about Spurgeon's status on this roster. Now, again, this is something that it's easy for me as a host to talk about, but you have to get your general manager to the point of actually wanting to do something about it. And I'm not convinced that Bill Guerin would want to trade his captain. But we've had we had talks about this even last season. Spurgeon is a good defenseman. 
But at what point does his production start to not match the $7.57 million AAV that he's currently on? Jonas Brodeen is still not close to that point. And if you're breaking even for Spurgeon right now, do you all of a sudden start to see him play like a $5 million player or a $3 million player to where you're really having sunk cost on that contract? And I'm just saying it's a lot of money to commit to a decor when you got Spurgeon at $7.575 million, Brodeen at six, and... Brock Faber is probably going to slot in somewhere between those two. That's a lot of money to commit to three guys. You've also got Jake Middleton making $2.45 million. John Merrill, the unmovable one, making $1.2. It's a lot of money for a decor. And it would give you an opportunity if you free up a large chunk of change. To get an impact guy for your top six. So it's it's worth thinking about. Again, I don't get the sense that Bill Guerin is going to rush into anything like that. But, I mean, I, I go by what we've seen on the ice. Yes, Spurgeon is a good player. What have we seen in the postseason the last couple of years? He's a good regular season defenseman for sure. But postseason speaks for itself. And again, it, it would be very intriguing to be able to do something with that amount of money if it was available. And, and again, I, I just I feel like Brock Faber is the natural successor there. So we'll see. Um, let, let me know what you think in the comments. If you think I'm insane for even entertaining the thoughts or if there is something to it that is maybe worth exploring in the off season. That's, that's all I'm doing here is just, I'm just putting it out there. Something to think about as these next couple of seasons roll along. Let's get to a look at tonight's matchup against the Tampa Bay lightning, because as I have been subliminally saying all show, Tampa Bay Lightning of the top power play in the NHL. So can you guess what needs to not happen tonight? We'll try to stay out of the box ourselves as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And folks, on the employee side, one of the things that I love about Indeed the most is that if I'm going for a particular job or looking for a particular category, 
Indeed will check my resume to see if there are any qualifications that I don't have that could be potentially beneficial for a particular job. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Again, reminder to join us after the game tonight for another Locked on Wild postcast. We'll react to whatever we see here tonight. Hopefully not a ton of power play goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because again, I, ca- I cannot stress this enough. Number one power play in the entirety of the NHL. And we have the benefit of having seen what this Tampa Bay Lightning team did to the Minnesota Wilds just a handful of games ago. It was not pretty because it was one of those effort games where the Wild just were mostly listless throughout the uh, the course of the game. It was a 4-1 to one loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in which they... Uh, it didn't really have to do a ton to come away with the win. And so for the Wilds, more pieces back. They'll have Kirill Kaprizov in this one, obviously. They'll have Philip Gustafson between the pipes. But just looking at these numbers, the Tampa Bay Lightning have 41 power play goals so far this season in 44 games. 29.5% on the power play. The Minnesota Wild down in the bottom third. They have 27 power play goals in 43 games with an 18.8% success rate on the power play. The Lightning are averaging 3.3 goals for per game. Minnesota Wild at 2.86. And on the penalty kill, too. Tampa Bay Lightning are um, sitting at 80.3%. So their penalty kill a little leaky this season, but... It's all about the power play success. And they still have those power play assassins. Nikita Kucherov, who is just having an outrageously good season with 72 points in 43 games. He's got more assists than games played so far this season. And he has 28 power play goal or 28 goals to go along with it. He's got 10 power play goals. He's got 33 power play points on the season alone that would that would by itself put him up near the top of the list amongst Minnesota Wild scorers so far this season then you got Steven Stamkos who has 18 goals this season he's got 41 points in 41 games played Braden Point has 44 points in 44 games played while it is not the Tampa Bay Lightning that we have seen over the last few years, it is still a dangerous Tampa Bay team. Lightning can get you no matter where you're at in the standings, no matter where if you're standing out in the middle of a field or in the woods. Lightning strikes can get you at any time. And that's exactly how this team operates. Now, Andre Vasilevsky will start in tonight's game against Philip Gustafson. 
And if you look at Vasilevsky as he continues to work himself back into prime form this season, he's 4-2 and two here in January with a 2.66 goals against average, an 891 save percentage, although he uh, mostly has that to thank for uh, a game against the Boston Bruins in which he gave up six goals on 25 shots. So beyond that, you take that game out, his numbers are even better. Uh, he's allowed just 10 goals in five starts other than that uh, Boston debacle. So very good goalie play from Andre Vasilevsky. Can't let the Tampa Bay Lightning power play beat you. Um, you, you just have to try to stay quiet penalty wise. And look, if there is, if there's fighting or, or things along that line, I don't even necessarily necessarily count those as penalties because usually it's one aside and usually it's done for a reason. It's when you get called for holding, it's when you get called for slashing or any of those types of overcompensating reaching penalties those are the ones you just can't have and so for the Minnesota Wild tonight especially on the road they need to stay quiet and if you get into a situation where you're trying to overcompensate because you got beat on a play just live to play the next play it's easier said than done, though, because that's been one of the constants for this team pretty much all season is penalties. So we'll uh, we'll see if they uh, are up to the task in this one tonight. Now, we're going to start a new bit for these pregames to try to just pull it towards Minnesota even a little bit more than we typically do. Uh, six degrees of separation for the Minnesota Wild. Just trying to find Minnesota ties throughout the course of this Tampa Bay Lightning roster. And there is a direct one so far this season. Uh, Nick Perbix is uh, one of us from Minneapolis. He is the only Minnesotan on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. And so I like to kind of playfully see who could potentially score against the Wild because it seems like it always happens that it's either a Minnesota player or it's a former Minnesota Wild player, a Minnesota-born player, or a former Minnesota Wild player. And so my pick to do that tonight, I've only got the one choice. It's Nick Perbix. And so will Nick Perbix score against the Minnesota Wild tonight? Odds are probably low. But then again, you look at what happened the last time these two teams matched up, and uh, it was not a um, it was not a household name that scored two of the goals. It was Darren Radich who scored twice on the Minnesota Wild. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Perbix could if he plays. But um, that's that's our angle. That's our Minnesota Wild connection for uh, this one tonight. So. We will see what happens. All the standard cliches apply for this game. Top line needs to, to fire on all cylinders here tonight. The defense, the new look defense, can they hold Tampa Bay Lightning quiet here? And how will Philip Gustafson look back in net trying to build off of his uh, 
rocky performance against the Arizona Coyotes. Hopefully he was able to shake that off and uh, we'll see a Gustafson that looks a little closer to what we've seen the last couple of seasons. Uh, that's all on the table for this one tonight. So that will do it for today's episode. Again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. We are your team every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. Make sure to hit the like button before you head out for the day. And uh, we will see you after the game here tonight for another Locked on Wild postcast. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday, as well as all of our old content by uh, heading to Locked on Wilds on either your favorite podcast platforms or on YouTube. We've got you covered every day of the week as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.